This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Well, thanks again to Brian O'Grady checking in with our friend back from Japan and uh, a little uncertain of his plans for this offseason. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he made some really good money over there, but I, I got to imagine, man, having a, um, a family makes it tough. It makes it really, really tough. And like to go over there for nine months a year is just is just tough. It's just tough. You don't want to put anybody through that. I wouldn't want to be away from my, my baby for nine months. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. It's like um, life in the military yeah, or something where you're, like gone, you're, for you're gone long, for that long. But then again, you think, hey, if I can make really good money for a few years and set everything up, then maybe I can spend more time with yeah. my family later. He's got other businesses and stuff. Yeah. He does the bats and stuff like that, and, and he's a sharp Plus, dude, the dream man. is always to you know get a job in the big leagues and you know find a, a way to get back into Major League Baseball. You know, I just had an idea, and he played for Skip Schumacher. I wonder now that Skip's the manager, Ooh. and he's in he's in Florida. Right. I wonder if they'd give him a look as, Miami a, Marlins, as a fourth outfielder. Be close to home. Yeah. That would be amazing. How cool would that Matchma- be? Woods playing matchmaker. Oh, again. The last time I played matchmaker, they got married. Not that Brian and Skip will get married, mm-hmm. but a, a professional business marriage, maybe. That'd be a good, I think that'd be a good fit. It's not a bad idea, Woodsy. Uh, this segment of Ben Woods brought to you by the Golf Mart. We're going to play... Take on Woods in just a couple of minutes. If you'd like to get online to be our contestant, have a new new prize, new month, uh, another Las Vegas getaway, of course. I think we got some spa treatments as well. 833-288-0973. Uh, you want to join us? We're going to play here in a couple of minutes. 833-288-0973 for our daily musical trivia challenge against Woodsy. I want to talk a little bit about this uh, Aztecs game, though, from Saturday night. And here's the thing. I actually thoroughly enjoyed that game. Uh, the San Diego State offense, Jalen Maiden, once again, was great. Had another terrific touchdown run. I think two TD runs, two TD passes. Through like three quarters, San Diego State playing their best football, and I was thinking to myself, this is it. This is the team that's going to fill Snapdragon Stadium. I mean, they play like this. They deserve to have good crowds at home. They could uh, win the conference title. They're going to beat. They're going to beat Fresno State. They're going to be in first place. They're going to have the uh, all the you know destiny in their own hands going forward. I love this. And then uh, the fourth quarter came. They they muffed a punt, gave up a touchdown, but it was still they were up by eleven. And it you know things were going fine. And I'm watching. And the last chance for Fresno really. They got the ball back and they drove and they were trying to kick a field goal to get within eight. And the Aztecs blocked it. And it was like four minutes something left. And it was over. And I thought at that point, you know, I was tired. I fell asleep. Game was over. The, the Aztecs had it. And then I wake up and they lost. And it, so it's hard for me to sit here and go be outraged by what happened because I, I didn't see it myself. I, what I saw was fantastic, was the best Aztecs football of the season. So I had to go back and, and figure out, okay, so what really did happen to the Aztecs over these last few minutes? Should I be... Happy that they played really exciting, good football for 55 minutes? 
No. Or should I be really mad that all that really matters is that you get the win and they screwed it up in the last minute and a half and blew that game to Fresno State? Was that Adam on the Twitter machine for 97.3 The Fan on Friday night? Because he he said interception in the end zone. That could seal the win for SDSU. I, th- I thought it was all over. I thought it was all over a, a couple of times. In fact, I, I gave it more than I thought I needed to give it to, to make sure that it was over for San Diego State that night. But they gave up um, a touchdown with a, a little over a minute to go. Fresno State had no timeouts left, so even though they, they got the two-point conversion and were down three, they had to recover an onside kick, which went through the hands of two of San Diego State's most surest-handed players. And then they recovered it at the 37, and one play later they scored a touchdown. And in the span of less than 20 seconds, the Aztecs went from up 11 to down four. And they threw an interception, and the game was over. And that was it. That was it. I mean, just like that. 55 good minutes, 20 bad seconds. And they lose. And now, pretty much, unless Fresno State collapses down the stretch, San Diego State's out of it in the Mountain West. Yeah. You know, they're basically playing to try to get to six wins and, and get to another mediocre bowl game. And it's hard to call this anything other than a really, really disappointing first season at Snapdragon Stadium, all because of a bad you know, minute or two um, for San Diego State. And I wish I had more of an explanation, but again, I, I thought it was over, well, I, and I actually fell asleep. And I don't know that you can pin the season on a bad minute or two. I think, you know, out of the from, from the get-go, you know, Burmeister was not what they thought it was going to be. The offense was not tailored for him. Having a guy that's this dynamic in Jalen Maiden, Ben, threw for almost 300 yards. I know he threw a couple of picks, one being very, very costly. Um but r- rushing for, I mean, throwing for two and rushing for two, that's what you want. You want a, a dynamic guy. And you have that guy in your camp and you go, nah, safety. Mm, he's going to be a safety for us. No. And then you make the switch, what, six, seven games in. Um, that, that's where kind of where it starts for me. Yeah, um, but they also, I mean, they fig- they seem like they figured it out, you know, offensively. They've changed a lot of things yeah. that... You know, it's a better, more entertaining-looking team. It's exactly what I asked for a few it's, weeks ago. It's exactly right. I mean, hey, and to be completely fair, that's an entertaining game. It that was. It's an entertaining it, game. It was more entertaining than some of the wins. I will give them that. It and was a better style of football. It was more compelling. You just can't lose can't at the lose. end the, in a game the, like that. The win, proba- win prob- probability, that's a tough word to say, was staggering. It was 98.2%. That's what I saw from ESPN uh, in the fourth quarter. They're 98.2% chance to win. Two touchdowns in 13 seconds with an onside kick in between. I mean, and th- that's one of those things where you're like, H- how? How does that? You look up and you go, how did that just happen? There's there, no way. There was also, you know... They went away from some of the things that have been successful offensively to try to bleed the clock. They maybe got too conservative too early. Um, the offense went away in that fourth quarter where they really had a chance to just step on Fresno State and ended it. Um, you know That goes back to the coaching staff. It, it's not just Brady Hoke. Coaches across America have been doing this for a long time where they get ahead by 12 points and then all of a sudden, oh, we can't do anything that could possibly you know make a mistake. Yet they still they turned it over on special teams. Didn't recover an onside kick, had an interception. I mean, they kept making plays that you thought were going to win it, picking off a ball in the end zone, uh, blocking a field goal, and it just wasn't enough to to get that victory. So uh, where do they go from here? Here's the thing. Here's my problem with college football. What do the Aztecs lose? Maybe a chance of the Mountain West title. Yeah. What does that get you 
any, uh, you know, doesn't get you anything. It's anyway. another bowl game. It's the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl instead of uh, another bowl. I mean, the stakes just aren't high enough for me for Mountain West football. No, at least in basketball, you know, we're talking about the NCAA tournament, that chance, March Madness, whatever, you know, whatever the long shot odds are. At least you're there. You're in the tournament in college football. There is no chance right now for teams like San Diego State. So I always. So what did they lose? I yeah, mean, yeah, you, you, you know. kind of you're like, what? What am I getting super duper upset for? Now you lose a game like that, and it knocks you out of a playoff berth. It's you. You don't recover. You don't recover at all. But um, hey, listen. But like you said, if you're going to look at some bright sides, Jalen Maiden certainly is fun to watch. He is certainly certainly fun to watch and can do some things that we just haven't seen around here from the quarterback position in a while. Well, hopefully they can play that entertaining style of football. They have three of their last four games at home. Uh, starting this week against UNLV, 4 o'clock kickoff Saturday at Snapdragon Stadium. At the very least, if you can't win a, a conference championship, show us some entertaining football in no these doubt. last few games. Because honestly, the first few games at Snapdragon left quite a bit to be desired in terms of their entertainment level. That game was very entertaining. Yep. N- now you just can't you just can't choke it away in 13 seconds like they did uh, against Fresno State. All right, uh, looks like we got a contestant on the line. New week, new prize, new month. Let's play some Take on Woods. It's time for Take on Woods. Take on Woods. Woods. Brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Right, looks like we got David getting in early today. Good morning, David. How are you? Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Hang on. Let's see if we can get that phone connection cleaned up a little bit. David, can, uh, let's see, log in. David, can you hear us? Can, can we hear you? No. Oh, All right. Uh, try to call back, David. Uh, we'll open the phone lines again, 833-288-0973. Uh, try to get a better connection uh, for our game, but we do need a contestant here. Let me give everybody the prize uh, that we will eventually be playing for. Uh, this month, we got a two-night stay again at the Westgate Las Vegas, home of the Superbook, world's largest race and sports book, plus spa treatments for two at Serenity Spa and a private VIP pod at the Westgate Superbook. So a fun couple of days. Uh, we need a whole new batch of qualifiers. Uh, whoever won last month, uh, they'll do that drawing, and, and we'll be contacting you this week. But we need some new qualifiers. So 833-288-0973. Have and, a chance to get in. And I've got um, something special this week. Some new categories we're throwing in. A whole theme week of Take on Woods. It's um it's I week here. And uh, by saying I, I have come up with dozens, literally, of songs that begin with the word I, as in me, myself, and I. And I have divided them up into various categories, and we're going to be playing I week all week long here on Ben and Woods. So... Uh, let's lock someone in. Who do we uh, who do we have going here? It looks like Polly is lining up. We have Emily. Emily is going to be our contestant. All right, Emily, thanks for calling in. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. All right, I'm if, good. If, if you were talking to Polly, but uh, so the theme this week, I'm throwing out the old categories, is I week, as in me, myself, and I. I have all kinds of song okay. titles, all beginning with the word I, as in me. I've divided them up. So here are your choices. We've got I2K. Uh, those are songs from this century that begin with I. I80s. You can figure that one out. I-Oldies. And I-Ladies, which are songs by female singers. So they all begin with the same word, I. 
Uh, which of those categories, I2K, I80s, I-oldies, or I-ladies, would you like to play, Emily? Um, probably I2K. I2K. All right. Hope you know your new-ish stuff. Five songs that begin with okay. I, all from this century. Um, you'll have 60 okay. seconds to answer as many as possible. If you don't know one, you can pass and uh, come back to it. If there's time remaining, we'll start with our two-second song. Polly will play a uh, short clip of a song that begins with I. Uh, you need to give me the title and the artist to score that point. We'll go on from there. You do your bit, then Woodsy will come in. We'll compare scores. If you beat or tie him, we'll put you into the drawing for the grand prize. Oh, Emily, are you ready? Ready. All right, 60 seconds on the clock. The category I2K. Your time begins when Paul plays our music. Good luck, Emily. Let's take on Woods. Is it, I will wait for you, but I don't want to say it's like by F-U-N. Ah, you got half of it right. Let's go on. There will actually be a bit of an LGBTQ backlash to which 2008 smash hit that was Katy Perry's very first single. Oh, I Kiss the Girl. Correct. The Black Eyed Peas are confident tonight's going to be a good night in which Grammy-nominated 2009 hit. Um, oh my gosh. Um, I um, is it, I'm a baby. Not that one. Which 2022 single by One Republic provides the soundtrack for the dogfight beach football scene seen in the movie Top Gun Maverick? Oh gosh. Um, wait, sorry. Who did you say One Republic. Uh, I don't know. Uh, which 2019 song by Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber? Ooh, time is up. All right, you need to get the one. I kissed a girl. The other answers, you got half. I Will Wait was by Mumford and Sons, not F-U-N. Uh, Black Eyed Peas song is I Got a Feeling. I Ain't Worried is the Top Gun Maverick song by One Republic. I don't think Woodsy's going to get that one. No. And Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber was going to be the last question. It's called I Don't Care. Honestly, one might be okay. Who knows? It might be. This is a tough one. And Woods doesn't even know the category here. <laughs> so he'll figure it out. But uh, he does not know the category. Emily's score is locked in. Reset the clock. 60 seconds. Your time begins when uh, Polly plays our music. Good luck, Woods. Let's take on Emily. I will wait. Correct. There was actually a bit of an LGBTQ backlash to which 2008 smash hit that was Katy Perry's very first single. Uh, I kissed a girl. Correct. The Black Eyed Peas are confident tonight's going to be a good night in which Grammy nominated 2009 hit. I've got a feeling. Correct. Which 2022 single by One Republic provides the soundtrack to the dogfight beach football scene in the movie Top Gun Maverick? Pass. Which 2019 song by Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber was blocked from the number one spot on the U.S. charts by Old Town Road? Wow, a couple of bangers there, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know. That's very close, but you, that's not correct. Which <laughs> Actually, 22 <laughs> single by One Republic provides the soundtrack I, for a dogfight beach football scene in the movie Top Gun I just know Maverick. the one, one Republic song, and it's not Apologize. So That's, no that's all right. You got three, and you did win three to one. Uh, the category was I2K, uh, songs that begin with I, okay. uh, from this century. You said, I don't know. The answer was, I don't care. Oh, I should have said, <laughs> by, I don't care. I don't by care. Ed Sheeran and amazing. Justin Bieber. You're like, you're right. <laughs> it's like European vacation. <laughs> Lewis and Clark. And then I Ain't Worried is the song from Top Gun Maverick. 
But uh, you did get the win. We weren't sure if you'd get any of those right, but you nailed Mumford and Sons like that. That's one you probably had to play as a I DJ a hundred million times. Billion times. Here right. it is again. It's Mumford and Sons. All right. Uh, so the whole week is kind of theme related. You'll figure it out as we go. But uh, we'll have another uh, opportunity with those uh, categories coming back tomorrow for someone who tries to qualify. Is this the? This is one republic. One republic. There, uh, you know, you got um, Rooster throwing the yeah. football, and I, you know, I, I was kind of interested by the dynamics of dogfight football. Do you remember that scene? Yes, you know, both offense and, and defense, defense at the same time. You got two sides both hiking the ball, and you got to try to score a touch them, but you got to prevent the other team from scoring at the same time. Team I builder. thought that was very yeah. fascinating. We should though. do that Odyssey with Odyssey yeah. dogfight football. I'm in. Yeah. Where are you at, Kluger? Well, what's the strategy? Just, I mean, I you, you focus on the offense and try to score, or are you you're more like, let's prevent the other team from scoring? You know what Brady Hoke's going to do. He's going to try to prevent the other team from scoring. 100%. Not worry too much about, about his scoring. offense. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. All right. Uh, we are back. A uh, new month underway now on Take on Woods. A new month of Don't Do This uh, starts next. I, it's, there's a trend in college football that... Uh, not a good one involving teams in the tunnel after the game. This is not good, man. Yeah. This was not a good story, and I've got to do do this that may surprise all of you. Some mad, mad love for an umpire. Very nice. Oh, I like that one. All right, we'll come back with uh, Don't Do This Next with Ben and Woods after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Don't do this. It's time for Don't Do This. What were you thinking? Three stories from the world of sports that make us all shake our heads. Why? How many times do I have to tell you? I'm sorry, I fudged up, guys. You idiot. You moron. You're a dumbass. The apple sometimes does far fall from the tree. Don't do this. Do not tweet that. With Ben and Woods. I like a Nickelback song or two. On 97.3 The Fan. Tune in to Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. Former NFL MVP Boomer Esiason, Mike Valenti, discuss the biggest NFL news, preview the most important games of the week right here on 97.3 The Fan. And let's uh, kick off a new week of Don't Do This with Woods bringing us our first head-shaking story. Pretty ugly uh, scene down in the tunnel, Ben, from the Michigan-Michigan State game. Um, I, everyone has probably seen this video by now. There was kind of a lone Michigan player had gone back into the locker room uh, down the tunnel a little bit early and was essentially, they're calling it an altercation. And, I, and I've seen, we've all seen enough college football to know the altercation of like two teams coming out at the same time. There's some pushing, pushing there's some shoving, the pointing, and like you know, f you, we're gonna, we're, yeah. you know, that that happens. That happens damn near every big game. And to be honest with you, we all see it. We kind of go. Ooh, Most here, stadiums here keep the teams separated, yeah. like different sides of the field, go in and out completely different sure. tunnels to avoid even the possibility of that. But you see it sometimes, and you go, oh man, we're gonna have a. You oh, know, it's gonna be chippy. Today's gonna get chippy. It's gonna be a battle. The video that surfaced uh, was unbelievable. There's one Michigan player, and he's getting... There's actually two. He's getting jumped. He was getting jumped by eight Michigan State players. They have suspended uh, today, actually. It came down 735, or yesterday, 
Four football players, uh, Tank Brown, he's a linebacker, cornerback Kerry Crump, safety Angelo Gross, and defensive end Zion Young. They've all been suspended effective immediately. Uh, their head coach, Mel Tucker, had reviewed the uh, video and just said, yeah, there, there's no place uh, for this right now. They'll remain suspended until all investigations are completed. He did not rule out uh, additional discipline and more discipline for additional students. There may be some other players involved as well. But holy cow. I mean, they they, they assaulted uh, Jaden McBurrows in the tunnel after Saturday's game. So it's this, these two teams do not like each other at all. They never have. They're a really good, strong rivalry. But it just went way, way, way too far in this case. I think um, as we go on to story number two, I am not naive enough to think that, you know, we've gotten past things like racism and sexism and anti-Semitism in this world. I know they still exist, but I always I always took comfort in knowing, you know, I'd look back 30, 50 years at the way things were and yeah. go, man, at least things are getting so much better. They may not be perfect yet, but we're on the right we're on the right track. We're not there yet, but my kids are, you know, better than we were yep. and we were better than our parents were and and trying to make this world a better place for everybody. And when I see it feel like we're all backsliding a little bit, in society, and and the latest story really uh, has been having to do with a lot of anti-Semitism and comments and posts lately. Kyrie Irving, who seems to be in the middle of every controversy now, and I can't even imagine if you're you're Joe Ty, who owns the the Brooklyn Nets, having to basically deal with this on a weekly basis. Uh, Kyrie put us up a social media post, promoted an, an anti-Semitic film that came out a few years ago. There was a, like an Alex Jones tweet as well. Um, the Nets dis- disavowed the tweet, said we don't, you know, we condemn that promotion. And he was then asked about it. Kyrie was during a Brooklyn Nets news conference. When he's up there by a reporter, things got very, very awkward, Woods. Well, and nobody loves and plays more audio of awkward athlete or coach interactions with reporters. This one made me uh, furious. This is Kyrie, Saturday night after the game with ESPN NBA reporter Nick Friedel. Kyrie, while we're on the topic of promotion, why did you decide to promote something that Alex Jones said? That was a few weeks ago. I do not stand with Alex Jones' position, narrative, court case that he had with Sandy Hook or any of the kids that felt like they had to relive trauma or parents that had to relive trauma or to be dismissive to all the lives that were lost during that uh, tragic event. My, my post was a post from Alex Jones that he did in the early 90s or late 90s about secret societies in America of occults and it's true. So I wasn't identifying with anything of being a campaign, a campaignist for Alex Jones or anything. I'm just there to post. And it's funny, and it's actually hilarious, because out of all the things I posted that day, that was the moment post that everyone chose to chose to see. It just goes back to the way our world is and works. Yeah. I'm not here yeah. to complain about it. I just exist. Pa- pause it for and a second. To fo- pause it for a second. Kyrie seems to be mad that people choose to focus on the posts that are promoting and ant- uh, clearly, like, the purpose of the film that he was Anti-Semitic, promoting yes. is... Anti-Semitism, claiming there's a big conspiracy involving Jewish people in America, and he's claiming that it's true when it's it's not, and he's promoting this, and then he complains. Oh, you pick out that post? Yeah, yeah. You know, question: it, Do we pick out that post if you don't post it? Yeah, I mean, why aren't anyone asking about the tweet about 
you know, hey, I love sunny days. It's like, well, because <laughs> there's nothing wrong, there's with, nothing that wrong with that. Yes. We're going to point out the ones that they have stuff wrong with. This this uh, interchange between Nick Friedel and Kyrie continued. And to follow up on the promotion of the movie book. Can you please stop calling it a promotion? What am I promoting? Put it out on your platform. But I'm promoting it? Do you see me doing, do you see By me in front of the, it out there, the people title? People are going to say that you are yeah, I put promoting. it out there just like you put things out there, right? Yeah, but I, okay. I, it's not You put stuff. things out there for a living, right? Right, but my Great. stuff is Great. not so let's move on. filled let's with move on. anti-Semitic Let's stuff. move on. Don't dehumanize me up here. I, I'm not, I'm not doing <laughs> that. Another You're human free to post I can what, post whatever I want, so say that what, and shut it down and move on to the next question. But Kyrie, you have to understand that by I don't have post, to understand anything from you. But, but it's not me. Nothing. By it's no people that you're making you up, bro. Move on. But by posting move what on. you Next question. Anybody Do you guys have any more questions? And they're me? gonna say, "You guys have any more questions?" Because this is gonna be a beliefs. clip. This is gonna be a clip that he's gonna marvel at. Is this any more questions? But you're not answering the question. Oh, this, this is another answering your question. Oh my God! Let's make another Instagram clip so we could be famous again. Next question. Kyrie basketball. Wow, dude. And then he walked off. It's up there. He's done. Uh, his argument, though, that, that posting it on Twitter does room. not promote it, as though. You know, does he have a disclaimer that said, yeah, all tweets do not equal endorsements or something? You have to specific if you're going to put something up, you know, that's anti-Semitic, you have to specifically condemn that right. in your tweet. If you, Correct. Otherwise, everyone's going to think you agree with it, right? Well, the, the other part is, you know, the, now the conspiracy theories are going, running rampant about, well, I've seen defenders saying, guys, this is a, this is just a, a work. He's just trying to get out of Brooklyn, right? I saw the same thing about Kanye. Guys, he's he wanted out of his Adidas contract. He wanted it. He is really a, a bastion and a, a light for free speech. And, hey, man, again, you are free to say and tweet what you want. There are consequences that go along with some of those things. And, you know, I mean, it, what's now happened is this emboldened racism and, and anti-Semitic behavior. They ran it on the board, Benny. What was the game over yeah, the Yeah, it was weekend? the uh, Florida-Georgia game in Jacksonville at TIA Bank Stadium. Someone had like a projector. Yeah. And let's say Kanye was right, right about, about the Jews. Jews. I mean, it's uh, It was projected on the stadium as the game was going on. And, yeah, listen, this isn't political. This is right and wrong. It's black and white. That's it. It's it's right and wrong. And, and I think he is devastatingly wrong in this case. And uh, so is Kanye West, and I think it's embarrassing, and I think they should both be embarrassed. I mean, I'm I'm part Jewish myself. You know, I have lots of friends. I, Adam, who we work with, yep. is Jewish. And it's awful. I can't. It like, just if you feels. Don't, yeah, just it's so it's icky. And if you don't say that, any, this is like creeping into sports, creeping back into yeah society. culture it's wherever. Terrible, terrible man. We need less of this, not more. And I thought we were getting to the point where we we're getting less of things like this. Now it feels like we're seeing it more and more and more. It's really sad. It's really really sad. Um, I let's get a round of. Oh, we need a good oh, do do this here. Do do this, guys. D D mega do do. And let's get a round of applause, Polly, if we could, for uh, one umpire by the name of Pat Hoberg. Yeah. Pat. Give him a pat on the back. Uh, since they started grading out umpires and the umpire scorecards. That we see on Twitter. I believe it started in 2015. Which is unofficial, but still. But we follow them. Pretty and, good. Yeah. I mean, they do a pretty, pretty good job. They're pretty thorough. He had a perfect game as an umpire. A perfect game. By the way, in a World Series game. Saving your best. The first ever one, according to Umpire Scorecard, since they've yep. been tracking, right? 2015. How yep. many? Uh, 129 pitches yeah, so that I've, were taken. I've got all the... Uh, so his overall a- a- overall accuracy, 100%. He 
He called 129 of 129 taken pitches correctly. Overall consistency, 96%. Called ball accuracy, 100%. Called strike accuracy, 100%. Zero of 40 called strikes were balls. And zero of 89 called balls were true strikes. This dude knocked it out of the park. Pat Hoberg, perfect game. He's like... Oh, man, they're going to make me do the dish every game. I would request him. You should be able to request out of the crew who you want behind the dish. That was fantastic. Fantastic. Tough to do when, uh, you know, balls are right on the borderline and you got to make that split-second call. A perfect game. That's got to – that's – that's it. That's more rare than actually throwing a perfect game. It is. Game. Don, he, this is like a yes. Don Larson in the World Series. A perfect called game behind home plate. That's incredible. Incredible. So kudos to him. Way to step up. And now those teams have nobody to, to, to you know scream at or bitch at. The guy was perfect on the night. That is don't and do do this for a Monday. That was Don't Do This with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. All right, we are now officially into the Padres offseason. Uh, when we last left you on Thursday, since we were off on Friday, we had spoken with Peter Seidler very late in our show. Uh, I think we need to kind of break down a few more of those thoughts as the Padres now approach this new offseason. Like, what direction is A.J. Preller going to be taking? Are you okay with that now? Have you gotten, now that we're a week over the loss to the Phillies, is it time to start looking forward a little bit? Yeah, I feel yeah. a little bit better about looking to the future. Yeah, I think we have to start uh, kind of setting the table some, at least. Some of y'all were ready the very I next. Know. Your wife left you on a Wednesday, and you're all, like engaged on a Thursday, so I, I needed a little bit of time. So we'll uh, we'll kind of set the table here for the offseason coming up, maybe review some of the things that Peter told us last Thursday. We'll get more into the World Series as we continue on. Glad to have you with us on a Monday morning. Happy Halloween out there. Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. That uh, we've been doing this show. I don't think we've ever had an off-air discussion about a NASCAR race before. But that happened. Yeah, it did. That actually happened here. And I, have, um, I haven't really been paying attention to NASCAR much since uh, Jimmy Johnson retired. I used to kind of, eh, San Diego guy, cheer for him, win, what, seven straight championships. You talk about, you know, people who dominate their sport, excellence, dynasties. He was a dynasty yeah. in, in NASCAR. And I thought, well, that's cool. Pull for the kid from El Cajon and, and had his great run, and then he retired and haven't really, really paying attention. But there were that playoff race yesterday, and the driver named Ross Chastain needed to get he needed to move up like four or five <laughs> spots on the last turn to qualify for the final race. The finalists, the four, they go on with a chance to win the championship, but there's no hope. There's, I mean, there's like cars, there's traffic, there's cars in front of them. You could be the best driver in the world. You need you're, an not, op- you're not weaseling through those. You guys. need an opening. So I don't know if anyone has seen this video. Everybody's seen this. He video. goes, he goes up to the wall and just floors it, and he's ri- he's riding the wall like it's a rail. Basically, he's going 
70 miles an hour faster than all the other cars that are braking, you know, to go on this final turn. You know, they're slowing down so they don't spin out, so they don't crash. But he is not. He didn't slow down at all. Car is... He pegged it, dude. Yeah, and the just, car is getting torn up on the side, obviously, because yeah. he's just riding this wall all the way. And it's the car is falling apart, but he is shooting past the competition. And as he hits the line, he goes from, like, 10th to 5th and qualifies on points to get into the final race with a chance at the championship. It was one of the most exciting, interesting auto racing finishes I've ever seen in my life like yesterday. If you've ever seen the movie Days of Thunder, and I bet you haven't, I mean, it was like a cold trickle move. He just He's like, I'm riding the wall. He, oh, he's going to go low here. He always goes low. Cole goes high, rides the wall around. And, you know, the thinking there is, yeah, I've completely thrashed my car, but I've got a really good crew and a lot of money, and now I'm going to be in the final race. We can fix my car. I'm good to go. And he qualified. It was... I mean, it is just, it's truly spectacular, like, what he was able to do. And the, the thought that popped in his head of, ooh, what if I've done this in a video game? Maybe I should try this in real life. I mean, it's, you're going for broke. You you have nothing to lose. If if you can't get through there anyway, you're not going to qualify. You're like, I've, I honestly, I have one shot to do this. It was very cool. Cuts, it was so cuts funny. through the sports noise on a busy Sunday with NFL and 100%. the World Series going underway. And I saw that highlight and I go, Man, now that was some cool racing right there. All right, we're going to check traffic when we come back, taking a, a look at what the Padres are you know, potentially facing this offseason, and we'll do it in context of what Peter Seidler told us last Thursday. That's coming up here on 97.3 The Fan. Get all the sports, music, news, and podcasts you want on the free Odyssey app. You can download it today. Uh, you can also get old interviews like our interview on Thursday with Peter Seidler on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan hotline, and we talked to Peter. He's always great. And, you know, I think there's a lot of owners who would be very satisfied to say, all right, we made it to the NLCS. We're getting Fernando Tatis Jr. back next season. We don't need to do a lot. AJ, you can kind of shut it down this offseason. We don't need to be that aggressive. We're right there. What what else do we need to do? Um, we're already at the luxury tax. You know, we're not, we're not going to add to payroll. But that was not... That was not the message from Padres owner Peter Seidler Woods when he joined us on Thursday. Correct. correct? Yeah, absolutely. And and it, you know you you hope always when you watch your team get that close. As a fan, certainly, you know we have the uh, the the tropes of well, listen, you know they got that close. They're going to come back even hungrier next year, and they're going to want it. Yeah, on paper, that sounds that sounds like a plan. You need to have the you need to make sure you've got the uh, the soldiers in place to do that, Benny. And I was well comforted after talking to Peter Seidler that we're still going to have a really good looking team come spring training. So ask him about that playful quote from the UT about how he kind of likes spending money and you can't take it with you. Here's what he told us on Thursday. Yeah, I, I really care about San Diego and I also really care about the partnership that I'm in one, you know, I'm one of 30 and of course, I was being a little bit, trying to be a little <laughs> bit humorous, and I love to spend money. My my kids uh, probably see a different side of me. <laughs> you can't but, take it with you, but we're gonna. <laughs> well, my my kids are young. They they know I, you know, when they ask for this or that, the answer is usually going to be no. Um, but you know. I, I don't think our fans care if I spend this or if I spend that. They care that we put a winning product on the field. And 
I, I think it's best for us just to let our actions speak as, as we always have. Um, we're in this for a World Series championship. You know, the, the parade on land and on water, I can't help it. It flashes into my mind every once in a while. But we got to spend it, you know, with, with reason and with care and with perspective. And, you know, we do, I think. If, if, if you're making moves and making signings, you're never going to get, you know, 100% of them right or 75% of them right. But if we're getting close to 75% of them right, you know, that, that's hard to do. And so, I mean, I have so much trust in AJ and his scouts and the executive team around him. You know, they, they come to me with so many options, I get confused. But then they narrow them down to the ones that they think it's in our best interest to execute on. And, um, you know, the effort is there, the skill and the talent of these executives is there. And it feels like, you know, we're going to have a pretty active off season here. So, um, but you know, all, all that said, um, I'm, you know, when, when I can compartmentalize the last, you know, game two, three in Philly and how much each of them hurt and just focus on next year, it gets really exciting because we're going to come back, I believe, stronger than ever. That was Peter Seidler on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet Find New Road. So two things about that last quote there, Woods. First, early on, he said, once again, we're just going to let our moves speak for themselves. And this goes all the way back to even when the Padres signed Manny Machado three off-seasons sure. ago. Yeah, that, that move... Four off-seasons ago. That move was panned across well, baseball. It, but it wasn't It wasn't foreshadowed. We didn't We didn't think the Padres were in it until no, no. the last couple of days when we thought, is this really real? I mean, are they really... I mean, are they the mystery team? What's going on here? Peter Seidler is never going to be one who's going to say, we're going after this guy, we're going to spend this, we're going to spend that. He's going to make the move and just let you react to it when it happens. So we're always kind of just waiting to see what happens with the Padres in the offseason. Sure makes it a fun team to cover from our perspective, and it sure makes it a fun team to be a fan of uh, from our perspective as well because, hey, man, again, nobody bats a 1,000 with all their trades, and there's a couple that A.J. would love to pull the lever and undo. I I promise you. That's every single GM out there. Um, That being said, man, we we, to watch them operate – um, with their hair on fire every every offseason, every trade deadline, that's all you can ask for. There are some owners who understandably will say, hey, yeah, we're going to be in the sweepstakes for Aaron Judge, and we're going to be... Knowing full well you're not. Well, I mean, and maybe they, maybe they are, but they want it to be known that we put in an offer, you know, for this guy. A big offer. Hey, we got beat out. We were second place. So all those owners, hey, we put in the second best offer for four of the superstar players. You know how many you end up landing? None. If you don't put the best offer in for someone, but they still want credit for being willing to spend the money that they didn't actually spend. Peter goes the other way. He doesn't, I mean, who knows how many offers were out there that we never even heard about oh, because the Padres didn't get guys. They don't, they don't advertise, they don't, they don't trumpet beforehand who they're going after. I mean, we, we know some of AJ's 
targets in the past. We know he wanted Francisco Lindor. We know he wanted uh, Ramirez from from Cleveland as well. We know that. We know he wa- we know he was those were the guys that he was coveting. He didn't get them. He didn't get them. But what he did is he went out and got guys like Juan Soto and some generational type players here. Manny Machado, another one. Um, and and yeah, that's that's really yes. You should want more and expect more from your team and its ownership. I think they've delivered that. Yeah, we didn't we didn't reach the ultimate goal here, Ben, by winning a World Series. But I mean, again, I feel really, really good with the the leadership that's in place right now to at least be in the fold for for guys and and you know willing to move guys to get major league players and have an exciting team next season. So at the end, Peter said, "I expect an active off season." What in your mind constitutes now an active off season, given the perspective of the last few years and how? Active AJ Preller has been in every offseason. Well, the interesting thing is, it can be. I don't see Peter as the kind of guy that's saying it's going to be an active offseason and it meaning one certain thing. I don't know that it necessarily means he's going to go, I will literally spend a billion dollars on players. I will go get Judge. I will go get Radone. I will go get DeGrom. I don't know that it means that. Here's the funny thing, though it doesn't mean that he won't. It wouldn't surprise me. It doesn't me. not mean It doesn't that. not mean that. Okay. <laughs> Active could be a lot of different things. It could be, hey, we want to make sure we re- retain Nick Martinez, uh, Pierce Johnson, Jerkson Profar, Robert Suarez. Suarez. That's active. That's that is. Four players. That is. We're getting Fernando Tatis Jr. back. We we go get a frontline starter. We go get, you know, another outfielder, whatever it may be. They're going to be active. I think active would also be, you know, trading Jackson Merrill, you know, another top prospect to try to add – you know, maybe another guy, not a Juan Soto, but another player with a couple of years left on his contract, whether it's a pitcher or an offensive player that they could slide into the lineup, sure. you know, and, and continue to be aggressive in using their farm system. And I think the other thing that active could mean is one of those, and you don't see him very often in baseball anymore, but A.J. Preller would be one guy who wouldn't surprise me, one of those blockbuster trades that involves big names on both sides. Sure. That they think that they can improve the roster, and and that the tough part about that is it usually requires saying goodbye to a player that you love, you like yep. a lot, and but if you think you're getting you know more on the back end or some you know guys that can help you right now, I don't know what names are touchable and which ones are untouchable, but mm, there are probably discussions at least going on behind the scenes about just about everybody on that Padres roster. Yep, right now I would imagine, yeah. I would. Um, yeah, it's a hell of a lot easier to just name the guys that probably aren't involved in those conversations than the guys that are. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you just signed Joe. You're not you're not trading him. Yeah, you're not trading. I don't Joe think Musgrove. you're trading Joe nope. or uh, Manny. Nope. I don't think you're trading. Are Tatis. you? I mean, I don't think they would. But conventional wisdom says that a player who can opt out of his contract after the next season that's coming off an MVP type year would have a lot of value on a market. Not. To sell for nothing, but to sell for you know a couple of other superstar you have to players. Hope that they're already having conversations know. about that because yeah, like look, I know it sucks to say it, but if Manny has another year next year, like he did this year, he could he opt out. Massively underpaid. Yeah, he could opt out. I I don't awful. think I don't think it happens. I think he's too valuable culturally, you know, in the clubhouse for the team. That that would probably be a mistake. But I don't think AJ goes into an off season. Saying, all right, this is untouchable, this is untouchable. I think everything is doable in AJ's mind. And, 
you know, common wisdom says, guy whose contract may be expiring, you look at all options when it comes to that. Fernando Tatis Jr., it feels like you'd be kind of crazy to trade a young superstar at this point in his career, especially coming off a, such an unknown you know, season in which he didn't play. But, I mean, who knows what, what is possible and what is not this offseason in an active offseason for the Padres. It that's, will be active. That is a promise. setting the table for the offseason discussion to come. It's a broad table. It's a wide table. It's going to be a lot to talk about in the coming weeks and months. All right, we'll come back. I want to reset everything. We really haven't gotten deeply into the first two games of the World Series. We'll discuss more of those coming up and the NFL Sunday. All ahead on Ben and Woods.